Welcome to Reconstructed Faith, a podcast where we talk about truth you can build your life on. We hope to dive into the hard conversations of life and faith and seek out reasonable, substantive answers. My name is Colson Lechner, and I'm joined by Chris Legg and Bryn Starnes. This is Reconstructed Faith. Welcome back to Reconstructed Faith. This is Bryn Starnes, your temporary host for today, and I have a guest with me, John Redfern. Nice. Um, Hi. Colson Lechner is out, and Chris Legg, actually. Colson is on vacation with his wife, so we're excited for him <laughs> to do that. Get a break. Yeah. Um, away from their wonderful but small children. Yeah. And, um, they've got a little tribe now with yeah. <laughs> three of them running around. Yeah, and pretty close together, so we're yeah. excited for them to get some rest, hopefully, and then... Um, Chris is doing the opposite. He's taking a bunch of kids on a trip. No, <laughs> he's taking a bunch of high schoolers to DC. Yeah, uh, that's, so. it is exactly the opposite. <laughs> that's exactly what that is. That's so funny. I I took a, a, some high schoolers to DC in college, and I just remember our leadership being like, "Okay, so it's up to you to get them on and off the subway and make sure they don't get lost." And I was like, "Do you realize I'm 19?" Yeah, <laughs> like no, no. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, it, things are different now and everybody has to be reminded, um, I got this from Chris, uh, that they are an active participant in their own survival. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I want to say that to my children. I'm like, what yeah. guys, like I cannot be, what is going on? I probably can't say that to Jack yet. He's only, no, months, he's not an active old. participant in his own survival. He is he's very passive trying to figure it out. <laughs> Um, anyway, so today, um, I thought that I had a couple of things that I really want to pick John's brain about. And since Colson's not here, we really can talk about anything we want. He has the only control he has is whether or not to post. That's (laughs) right. He's going to edit the fire out of this, make us say whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, yeah. But today I thought it would be interesting to talk about deconstruction in the realm of music and Mm -hmm. musicians. Mm -hmm. And so you can kind of give some of your backstory if you want, if you've been a musician for a long time. Yeah. Um, um, felt called to be, I was really involved in the music ministries at, uh, uh, church and, um, was in band in school, um, had to choose between band and choir. And I chose band because that's way cooler. Cause I was a percussionist yeah, obviously. Um, than being a <laughs> choir nerd. Um, uh, I was a band geek. Um, but we, uh, was a percussionist. Loved drumming and drumline and everything like that. It was just so cool. I was, I was so enamored with it. <laughs> um, and then when I was uh, um, at 15, I felt called to the ministry. So when I was 17, I think I learned how to play the guitar because it's really hard to lead from the drum set. But I was involved in a really traditional um, worship service at church. So when I was at church, I was in the orchestra. Okay. Um, we didn't have guitars. We didn't have uh, drums. We had a piano and a um, organ. And we had uh, every once in a while, we would have the orchestra play with us. So I got to play like the timpani and the suspended cymbal. <laughs> I don't even know what one of those is. Oh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, just which one do you not know? The timpani. Oh, that's the big kettle drums. The Oh, okay. That you tune and then you play. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. Okay. Anyway. That was really fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, but did all of that and then went to college to study music. Um, only lasted, um, I think I only lasted a semester. 
in the middle of my college uh, freshman year, um, we, my father uh, had, uh, he was pastoring at a church and there was, there was a real big difference between him and the uh, deacon board yeah, and their vision for the church and their, um, uh, anyway, some of that got real ugly and he got accused of some things that he never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was, um, basically, a you know, the people were going to bring stuff up in front of the church that was going to split the church. It wasn't accurate, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, dad decided to step down and I was really hurt by that. And it all came to a head, um, right when we were about to have some weird like concert. Um, I don't even remember what it was. Uh, and I was supposed to play in it, but like my family's falling apart, not falling apart, but my family's under attack. And so we had a guy that was going to fly me in. Um, Oh no, that came in later. So, uh, I was going to drive home and I was like, I, I'm sorry. I told uh, the band director, like, or yeah, the band director, hey, I am really sorry, but like, this is a really big deal yeah. that this is happening to my family. I feel like I need to be with them right now. My sisters are on their way, if not already there. Um, and I need to be with my father. Uh, and he and the um, my advisor met with me. And we're like, listen, I, we know it's a big deal, but you're not going to feel that way forever. And we really need you to be here for this, uh, concert. Um, and so, uh, I kind of like grinned and bared it. It was like, okay. And so we did the concert and then the next day I got on a plane, um, that somebody else paid for some, one of dad's, um, friends, uh, paid for me to fly in. Um, and they went and got me and brought me to, uh, you know, my family and, um, and at that point I, I decided two things. I decided I was not going to be on staff at a church. Um, (laughs) and I also decided that, um, uh, I wasn't going to be a music major at OBU anymore. And so, um, switched from music, Actually, if you if you stick in music major for your uh, first year, you get you get a music minor because basically all of your you don't do any core classes as a freshman. Yeah. As a music major, you do all All music. music. And so I had. uh, Like 21 hours worth of uh, credit in the first semester um, (laughs) for uh, that all like everything. My first two semesters went towards my um, minor. And then I could do everything else. So I have a music minor, um, but I have a Bible major um, because if I was going to study anything for the next three years, it should be the Bible. That was that was kind of a strange thing for me um, because it really did. Like, I think it defined a lot of why um, my deconstruction has gone differently Mm. than everybody else's. Mm hmm. And I don't like I, I say that I think that uh, I think that everyone needs to deconstruct. We've yeah. talked about this. Yeah, totally. Everyone needs to to be able to ask hard questions. It breaks my heart that uh, um, Red or Link, whichever one, felt like that they couldn't ask questions. Um, part of that is 
because we do put, especially musicians, we put them in really high leadership roles really early. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there's an attractiveness. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like overplay that, but like yeah. the young guy who's got a lot of talent is really attractive for yeah. being a speaker and for being a worship leader. Yeah. And so maybe they didn't have time to ask questions. I grew up in the church. Yeah. So this was, it's funny. Like when I, when I say that I decided then I wasn't going to work, um, <laughs> In, in a, a church. church, it's it's not like that was the first time that I had been injured yeah. by being at church. Mm-hmm. It's not the first time that I had uh, had, you know, a, a crisis of faith. It's not the first time that I had, you know, I was um, actually saved when I was 10 years old. Um, I told a lie when I was seven, so I got baptized twice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, when I was 10 years old, I, I got saved and, and there were, a, you know, I'm 10 years old. There's a there's a limit to what your brain can understand about uh, what you're um, following at that time. And I think yeah. a lot of people have very similar stories. And sometimes going back to like, you know, five years old mm-hmm. and some even earlier than that, which, you know, to me as uh, like, it's hard for me to even fathom that age. Mm-hmm. Um, but dad can remember to when he was two years old. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> um uh, they're just, they're things that, that uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so when I look back at 10 year old me, I'm like, I obviously did not know, but I, I remember the, what I did know. And I remember knowing that I needed a savior. And I remember knowing that, uh, I wasn't going to be able to do it. Yeah. Um, and I remember praying and, uh, crying in my bed. Yeah. Um, and asking God for help um, and knowing that he would answer me. Mm. And so, uh, you know, the, there's that there's that thing where you have those moments um, and then you have moments after that where you're like, but yeah, this doesn't make sense. Or but these people that I really respect don't act the way that they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, and uh, w- wait, is this is this real? And I think probably like I have to um, I, and I, I don't know anybody else's story, so I'm not trying to somehow um, elevate my parents above anybody else's parents inside yeah. of this. But I really do think that part of the reason my deconstruction and then reconstruction um, went the way that it did was because of the reality of Christ in the lives of both of my parents Mm. Um, that, you know, dad, God is so real in his life. Yeah. He he is so centered on the gospel and on Christ and, and he has a lot of faults, but, uh, but that being the reality of his life is so unquestionable that, um, that sometimes it seems fake. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's sometimes it's like, there's no way. Yeah. Um, which is funny. That's actually what a consultant one time said about my parents was that they, nobody's that merciful. I'm like <laughs> you are, if you know the one who's more merciful. Um, and, what a criticism to get though. Right. I mean. No, I, but there, there've been a lot of things like that. Like dad preaches too much on love and you're like, wait, what? I don't know that you can. Anyway, 
Um, and then mom, uh, though she gets way less spotlight than dad, um, hers is a, is a really open, vulnerable faith about times where she has struggled. Mm. Um, that's powerful. She's, she is an incredible, I mean, I would say to any woman who is having uh, a crisis of faith, any woman who's doing anything, you need to talk to my mother. (laughs) Um, But uh, she, she has always been an incredible gift to me in the sense that like, um, you know, moms, moms generally are the one that you go to when there's just that really heartbreak moment. And so having those heartbreak moments with my family and knowing like, mom's not like questioning God. Mm. Wow. She's yeah. she's fully invested in God God is going to provide for us and and she just wants to we always say she wants to laser everyone else. <laughs> we would sometimes call her out for lasering people in the service like, "Mom, you're looking a little too hard at, you know, that deacon over <laughs> laser there." Laser eyes. Like <laughs> she could she could burn a hole. <laughs> In a wall so fast. Anyway, um, but I think that that had a lot to do with it because the people that I was going to that I naturally was was asking questions of, they weren't sugarcoating what was happening. They weren't. I mean, they were actually. It's kind of funny to find out some of the details later and be like, are you (laughs) kidding me? I just thought that was the full story. Yeah, Yeah. it was bad enough. Yeah. Sugarcoated. So but like there there were like they weren't they weren't trying to. um. They never sugarcoated the uh, warfare side of it. Yeah. That we were under attack. Yeah. That we were like, this was a tough thing. Like, you know, I had to, I had to ask my dad as a, um 18 year old, as an 18, I think it was 18. Maybe I just turned nine. No, I was 18. Um, I had to ask my dad if he had cheated on my mother mm. because of the things that these men were saying. Yeah. And I was like, I, I just need to know because yeah. I wasn't there mm-hmm. and this seems totally out of character for you. Yeah. Um, and I don't like, I, I have no reason to believe it's true. Right. But I will forever like be remiss yeah. if I don't ask you face to face. Yeah. Which is like the level of yeah. gossip and uh, slander. Oh my gosh. It was ridiculous. And it's like, no, with, with all sincerity, with all like, no. Yeah. And it break, you know, it broke my heart to ask it. It broke his heart to have to answer it. Like yeah. I think that there's, there's just some real wickedness inside of uh, gossip that, yeah. that people don't, they don't think about. Yeah. And they're just trying to get their agenda. But um, it it makes it where like when when you have things like that inside of your life, you actually have to deal with uh, hard mm-hmm. stuff. And so, you know, maybe somebody just went a long time with with either getting easy answers mm. or with uh, um, not being honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. All of those things are are really important and though they're really tough and it's like we're asking people to do this before their uh prefrontal cortex is fully developed (laughs) like okay like okay you're not you you don't actually have all of the reasoning side of your brain in place but
just to back up a little bit for context. Yeah. So um, a couple of questions that I like came into this wanting to ask John about is like why so many musicians and even Christian music artists, but worship leaders, mm-hmm. any um, anyone in that realm, why he thinks that there's so much deconstruction going on and, and a lack of reconstruction um, and just all the pieces that play into that and how it affects other people and, and how um, worship leaders or anyone in a place of authority can even wrestle through their own doubt um, while they're in the spotlight, mm-hmm. which is so, so you're saying you think one of those pieces is that a lot of worship pastors are put in place at such a young age mm-hmm. um, before they've worked through yeah, some I think, of this. I think that that could be like one of an, the reasons. One of the reasons. Yeah. And I, I, again, like, please um, don't at me. Like at me there I'm, I'm not an expert on anybody else's story. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that I know why something is happening or anything like that, but that like that, I feel like is a reality inside of Christianity is that we do. um, I mean, people are drawn to um, the, the young vibrant leader and so, of course, there's there's some like, hey, this guy. Yeah. Um, and it's I mean, it's amazing to me to hear like a new, uh, you know, young artist talent in 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 speaking or in um, uh, music that like you you're like, wow, that's incredible that they would be that young yeah. and have that kind of insight or be yeah. that young and be that talented. Um. Like that's, that's a great thing. Who wants to watch a 40 year old balding man? Like <laughs> hypothetically, you know, spill his guts on what's been hard in his life and what, uh, anyway, um, I'd still listen to Stephen Curtis Chapman <laughs> anyway. Um, they, I, th- I think that some of that may be an unrealistic expectation of that. I think some of it may be, um, an unrealistic uh, understanding of what leadership actually means. Mm, that's good. Um, so one of the things, you know, there's like, there's yeah. quotes and, you know, different things that are popping in my head. Like I think it was, um, was it Brennan Manning that, uh, that, uh, had the long obedience in one direction quote, or was it someone else? I know that long obedience in one direction is a, is a quote. I'm not trying to steal it. I thought it was my dad. Um, <laughs> there's so many things that I thought were, were my dad because he would quote people. Is all it the Eugene time. Peterson? Maybe it definitely could be Eugene Peterson. Okay. I think it, I think is so. it Eugene Peterson. I think so. Okay. I'll, I'll double check. Keep anyway. Um, but the long obedience in one direction idea um, to me is, is like the, like that's, if you want to be a leader, it is a book by Eugene Peterson. There you so go. So it's probably him. Yeah, that's him. That's perfect. That's great. So Eugene Peterson, Long Obedience in One Direction. Like that gets quoted a lot. I actually heard the um, pastor of, I was up at midnight last night and um, evidently Green Acres services are being broadcast on our local channels oh, um, cool. at midnight oh. on uh, one of the channels my TV picks up with its antenna. Yeah. <laughs> Still have an antenna. What's up? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, 
So, but he, he actually quoted it um, in reference to somebody on their staff who was retiring. Um, and I totally agree. If you, if you want to, um, if you want to be a leader, mm-hmm. I think one of the uh, key um, qualities that you need to be cultivating yeah. in your life is steadfastness mm-hmm. is um, is the ability to um, not be tossed about in a wave. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we see in the world and what we see, like I, I can only imagine if you're, if you're an artist or if you're a speaker who is um, hopping on a plane and going from town to town to town yeah. or, or driving or whatever. And you're seeing all these different parts of just stay in America. Yeah. Not even the whole world, but you know, most of these guys are going all over the world. Um, you're going from, you know, place to place to place. There is a healthy deconstruction of understanding. Like I come from East Texas, <laughs> yeah, which is a small part of Texas. Mm hmm a small part of the United States, a small part of North America yeah. and a tiny part of the world. Yeah. Um, and so my, <clears throat> uh, my view of everything around me is colored by that. Yeah, sure. And there are things of that that need to, need to be, um, that, certainly will be if you're the more you, know, you see out, and witness yeah. they're going to be stripped away mm-hmm. if being a christian in your mind is somehow equal to or on the same level as the rest of those things mm-hmm. like of course it's going to get stripped away with everything yeah. else yeah of course you're going to be like well i don't i don't actually know that god is um good mm. Yeah. Like I've got this guy over here telling me that he's not. Yeah. Like, oh, if I'm honest, like, do I know that? Yeah. And so um, like there's the C.S. Lewis quote that is probably my favorite is uh, faith is the art of holding on to what our minds um, have previously uh, reason to be true in spite of our changing uh, moods Mm. or something like that. That kind of speaks to my next question for you. Um, okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, the idea that um, when we get in to these situations where either our mood, our emotions, and your emotions ebb and flow, mm-hmm. your emotions are a terrible thing to build on. You don't, they're awesome and they're a gift. And I am trying to repeat that to myself over and over and over again because I have, <laughs> Big emotions, big feelings. Um, I in myself have a uh, a danger of being carried away with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I need to I need to see them as a gift, but they are a terrible thing to build on. Mm-hmm. There's only one good foundation. We know this. And so you have to make sure that your foundation is on the right thing. So if you have built your house on something that is not that firm foundation and all of that gets shaken up and swept away, 
like we talked to or y'all have talked about so many times on this, like don't, that's not the foundation. Yeah. Like you, that stuff got swept away because it's not worth anything. If that was your Christianity, then it's not worth anything because it wasn't actually built on the foundation. Yeah. The foundation is still there. Mm-hmm. So go back to the foundation and rebuild. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. What were you going to No, ask? that's that answers my question cuz I when it comes to the creative world and musicians, I mm. feel like what I've heard a lot even in deconstruction stories is I I want to yeah. be true to my feelings. Yes. And Yes, girl. And, <laughs> and slay <it's> queen. <laughs> something that I, I want to be true to my feelings. Well, so um <clears throat> Well, and and to that is like what place do your feelings play in deconstruction and reconstruction? Because I, to the credit of worship pastors and musicians and creatives, I think they do like you do connect with the Lord on an emotional level that, that more, I guess like a different type of brain doesn't always connect. And that's like, I think I've envied that before. Like, I think, people that are more and you should. driven by emotion do connect with the Lord um, on a really deep level. But you then said when that it, well, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to that. When it yeah. comes to um, deconstruction, what, what place do your feelings play? Cause if we have um, listeners who are um, either in a platform of leadership or just find themselves in a place of, of being a f- deep feeler. Yeah. How does that play into deconstruction and reconstruction? Okay. Again, this is that like attractiveness because you, you talked about number one, um, the idea of, of being attracted to somebody who like you're, you're envious of somebody who's actually feeling that close of a connection. Right. Um, and I think, I think that that, that is an attractive quality. Um, when we, when we see somebody who's really passionate about a lot of things, like it's, it's an attractive thing. Um, I don't like him, but, uh, (laughs) There's a baseball player named Bryce Harper who's bringing all kinds of fans to <laughs> to be baseball fans. And if you're not a baseball fan, you probably don't know. Yeah, I don't know at all. But like, he's super emotional. He is like he annoys you. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because in baseball, I am of the like old school mindset that the guys that I and you know it's funny. I I love Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle was uh, less old school than the, some of the guys who were before him. But, but you got to understand, like baseball was um, at its at its core. And I think a lot of sports were at its core. It was a bunch of guys who were competing with each other, not for money, but for um, like to see like what yeah. they could you know prove on a field um, against each other. And you like there really was a battle and there is um, a battle between the pitcher and the um, batter. And you're so it's like more like stoic. It's it. it the the rules in baseball, the unwritten rules that everybody like hates yeah, um, have to do with like that battle is so intense. The last thing that you want to do is show up the guy that you just beat. Like you don't do that because you gotta be calm. You gotta, cool. you gotta. And, and this is my favorite uh, phrase for a lot of things. <laughs> Act like you've been there. <laughs> um, so number one, Act like it's not the first time that you've hit a home run. <laughs> what are you talking about bat flipping for no reason? I saw, I saw a guy cooler. bat flip. Uh, and if it's one of those. Act like it's not sure. a big deal. Well, no. In in my mind, it it actually like I feel like everybody else who's, you know, throwing their bats and everything like that. They're trying to be cool when they're not. Yeah. OK. Like, OK. 
Like, okay, so what's the, the emotional guy's name again? Bryce Harper. Okay. And he's like really fiery and he brings a lot of people to the game. Um, and so like, the, I think that there's no matter what, there's an attractiveness to that kind of fire. Uh, yeah. Um, and so again, you see somebody like that and you're like, Oh, what do they have that I don't have? Yeah. How are they that close? And, and I'm not. Um, and so I think, again, as a leader that that can be an aid for like drawing people mm-hmm. to what you are putting your attention on. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as a leader, you can't lead somebody where you're not. So if you said it's funny, you, you actually said emotion driven um, when you're talking about this paradigm, um, if you are actually driven by emotion mm-hmm. like that's a good differentiation you, <laughs> i didn't realize i said that. it was great because i was like oh i'm gonna say that um <laughs> if 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 you're actually driven by emotion that is a terrible place to be mm. because emotion ebbs and flows mm-hmm. and you will sputter out real fast after you peak mm-hmm. i think everybody who has emotions knows this like it was funny to hear chris talk I have about emotions john you just mean Anyone who mm-hmm. has no real emotions, yeah. Brent, not, <laughs> okay. not the fake emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Continue. Um, <laughs> it's I'm joking. Uh, anybody who has like uh, those strong emotions that they feel like they can't uh, escape from. Yeah. Chris was uh, talking about um, uh, anger mm-hmm. at one point and was talking about how you actually like that, that real rage anger or whatever. You, your body can't maintain that for over like 45 minutes. Interesting. Which it feels like it's just never going to die. It mm. feels like in the middle of that rage, it feels like there is nothing that is going to quench this fire inside mm. of me because it's so hot. Um, and it's just not true. Like it'll fizzle. You don't have enough fuel inside of you <laughs> for that. Um, God does. Let's talk about his wrath Mm. for a minute. No, we're not going to. Um, (laughs) But understanding like that our fervor in any direction that it goes is so weak that it can't last 45 minutes. Mm. Um, There's there's this thing inside of me um, that has always I I think I was trained to see my emotion as a weakness. Mm. Um, it's a gift. It is a gift to be able to, um, experience and, uh, communicate those emotions. Um, but as, again, as a foundation, as a driver, as, as the thing that is actually pushing you on that, like long obedience in one direction, they're terrible Mm -hmm. it's like it's you know gasoline burns really hot and so i I almost hate to even say that like it's it's not even a good gasoline it's more like nitrous oxide Mm -hmm. like where it'll give you a boost but if you maintain that boost longer than you should it's going to blow up your engine Mm -hmm. um you and it sometimes makes the vehicle unpredictably crazy like 
I think we all experience that's a good that analogy. You know, we, we see these mood disorders in people and we're like, that's not stable. Yeah. Well, that's on a smaller level, what a lot of us are feeling on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. so there's that, um, there's, there's that thing where you've now got someone who's a little bit unstable, but it's super attractive in the right light. Mm-hmm. And you're saying like, Hey, let's follow this guy. Mm-hmm. And he's having a hard time understanding where he's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times it's not based in the right foundation and yeah. and things like that. I think that all of us, number one, what I want to say is that all of us should have um, the freedom to step back and evaluate. Mm-hmm. Because understand, like, yes, God is worthy and he is eternal eternal and he has been and he always will be the same and so when we step back and evaluate yeah go ahead and evaluate god yeah like he says to job evaluate me yeah basically he's like go ahead job's saying like this is god has been unjust to me Mm -hmm. there at the you know in the middle and end of or towards the end Right before God steps in to Job um, and Job or and God's like, it's funny because if you read it in a certain way, it sounds really sarcastic. Yeah. I think I think that kind of there's some of that. Yeah. But it is also like, no, go ahead. Like, really evaluate me. Yeah. Can you do what I do? Mm-hmm. Do you do you know these things? Have you like have you seen what I have seen? Yeah. Did you create all of this that I've created? Evaluate me. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And we do on a regular basis. We evaluate God and we say like, you didn't do this that I wanted you to do. Or you didn't save this person that I wanted you to save mm-hmm. um, physically or, um, you know, eternally. You didn't, you know, do this or you made these people feel bad about themselves or, you know, this or this. And if I was God, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And we point our fingers at God and say, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm saying we because I do this yeah, to yeah. God. I I say, God, you didn't do this right or you are doing this wrong. Yeah. Um, and and he is way bigger than even those questions like, so it's not like God's pride is hurt yeah. by us saying that to him. Yeah. It's more like when our children come to us and are angry with us because we are not giving them candy. <laughs> All I want is the candy and it's bedtime and, but I'm not going to go to sleep unless I give my candy. And you're like, yeah, if I give you candy, you're going to stay up later and you are going to be a wreck. Like you are going to feel sick to your stomach. Um, you're finally going to go to sleep and tomorrow you are going to pay for it. <laughs> and like, that's a tiny example. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not trying to like, and please don't hear me being uh, condescending. I am saying this about myself. Yeah. Um, this is what I know to be true. Um, that he is so much higher. He says he's so much higher that his ways are so much higher than our ways that it's like the heavens above the earth. Um, like we, we don't, we don't have a place for that magnitude of difference. Yeah. Um, and so like looking at that, when we are evaluating 
God in those ways. Go ahead. I'm not, I am, I am telling you to do that. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you that when you do that, uh, you are actually evaluating yourself. Mm. You, you are setting up a God, this is how you have failed. This is how you are different than me. And I am telling you, if you can handle staying in there long enough where you don't give up, you are going to see that these are the ways that you are not lining up with him. Mm. And, and you need to be able to walk through that. Yeah. And that's hard. That's not easy. But it's like beating. But crucial. Crucial. And mm. it's beating your head against a brick wall mm. because your head's going to give up, not the brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess there's a brick wall that could fall down. I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, like Every analogy. Every analogy falls apart. <laughs> yeah. um, but like. There's a there's an old hymn called "Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." A lot of people know it, mm-hmm. even those that aren't uh, hymn people. Um, but "Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus." Uh, uh, the chorus says, "Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him over and over." Um, that line confused me for the longest time because I was like I don't I don't think it's my job to prove him um, but it's that reality that in life we are going to um, battle over and over and over again and I think the the understanding that that like he proves himself Mm-hmm. In our lives, by our actions, by our um, inabilities, by our whatever, to be God over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't like. There are musicians that I I just had such an impact on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember. Um, you know, even as a young adult, listening to Derek Webb and being like. I am such a bad Christian. Like I, I am so convicted by these words that mm. he has written about how I need to um, make this real in my life. And that's why, you know, for, for somebody like Derek to walk away from the faith is a hard thing for those of us that have been encouraged by words that, um, that he has written, mm-hmm. it's like, ouch, like that, you, you wrote that and you are that. And I, I mean, honestly, that's why it's just another like example of, I, I am not anything special. Mm. Like in terms of there's not, if somebody like Derek can, uh, deconstruct mm-hmm. every, like I am very, uh, capable of very susceptible to yeah um doing the exact same thing yeah and and i've heard musicians say over and over again i think you've said it as well like the only the only person made for glory was god right and the only one made to be worshiped was god right and anyone else can't stand under that pressure no. 
And maybe that's another part of it is that um, we, we, yeah. we're supposed to be mirrors of glasses mm-hmm. that are reflecting um, his glory. Um, if you start to think that you're the sun, <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's a dangerous place for the moon to be. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I mean, I don't know, like there's, there's just, I think there's, anytime I hear about the, uh, these things happening, I am humbled, mm-hmm. um, because I know that this is not done lightly. Yeah. Totally. That these people aren't, um, whoever they are, they're not, uh. They're not stupid. Yeah. They're really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not unfaithful. Yeah. Um, whatever word you want to kind of slap on somebody, it's a really hard thing. Um, and I think that um, for me, this this has a lot to do with, I, again, I don't know if Chris has talked about this on this podcast, but he's talked about it with me um, before that... The only problem with uh, midlife crisis, yes, I love is that this. they uh, <laughs> is that they um, aren't happening often enough. Mm-hmm. The only part problem. I, say I with, love this meaning. Yes, it's very, it's very scary, true, but also <laughs> makes very, a lot of sense. <laughs> um, the only problem with deconstruction is that it's happening uh, not often enough. Yeah, and maybe at a breaking point before. And, and that's the thing is if you. If your Christianity is, if if your view of God, if your submission to God is this thing that every once in a while is a brick in your house that that sometimes, you know, is is part of. It's mm-hmm. right next to your pride. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's right next to your, you know, love of cars. <laughs> Me specific to myself here, or your love of. <laughs> Uh, you know, this thing or that thing or whatever, if that's, if that's the way that your view of your faith is, mm. it's mixed in with your, whatever it's like, you're putting the foundation in the wrong place mm. and the foundation needs to be the foundation. Yeah. Like Christ needs to be the foundation. So check your foundation, yeah. like walk around, make sure that you're like not, uh, doing this wrong. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not opposed to people asking hard questions about this faith. Even if they're in a place of leadership. Even if they're in a place of leadership, especially if they're in a place of leadership, but they need to be asking those questions often. Yeah. Um, And they need to remember that they, (laughs) they were once convinced of something in their mind, not because of their emotion. Yeah because of reason, because of whatever, and their emotion gathered that and embraced it and, you know, rocket fueled it. That's Mm. great. Um, But it is not driven by it. And so uh, there's, I don't know, like we're all going to, we're all going to have Bonhoeffer says that uh, the word of God in the mouth of my brother is stronger than the word in my heart. Um. If you are being isolated, if you're feeling isolated either because you're on top of the world and everybody else is beneath you, um, or you're under, you know, in the darkest pit and nobody else could understand what you're going through, you have to be with brothers. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of Reconstructed Faith. If you enjoyed what you heard or were challenged, please leave us a review. It'll help other people find us. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to hear discussed, shoot me an email at info at southspring.org. Reconstructed Faith is a resource of South Spring Baptist Church. Remember, don't give up, trust God, search for answers.